Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell, and I'm chatting with some of my favorite women in a series called Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. It's my passion to connect women and remind us that supporting one another is our greatest strength. These discussions are an extension of the in-person women's circles I lead in the Bay Area and will explore a variety of topics. Please note, we are adults having adult conversations. Subject matter and language may not be appropriate for young ears. Thanks for joining us. Today I am talking to Cinnamon Gray. She is the owner and photographer at Bad Kitty Photography, boudoir photos for women in San Diego. She will be celebrating her 20th anniversary this year. This is a business that she started in her garage when her daughter was two as a single mother. And as you can imagine, it has really taken off. So I'm going to talk to Cinnamon today about learning to love the skin you are in. So Cinnamon was diagnosed in March of 2016 with breast cancer, and her course of treatment was a double mastectomy, which happened in April of 2016. She had all of her friends come for a kiss my boobs goodbye party, and she thought maybe 15 or 20 people would show up, and 100 people did as well as TV crews, and it was quite quite the exciting event. In fact, that's kind of what made me want to speak with you because I thought, wow, how cool is that just to have that honoring and that letting go and have everybody be a part of it. So I'm going to have her talk to us today about just loving yourself just as you are. So welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, and it, and it should be, the, the other reason why I know Cinnamon is because she took photos of me for my husband's, we weren't married yet, it was his birthday, and it still ranks as the best gift he's ever received, ever, ever. Well, yeah, hello. Yes, he really, really liked him. He still is like, oh my gosh, that was the best gift ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we launch into this awesome topic, I just want to take a minute for us to connect and for anyone else listening to to just drop into the space of connection with each other and with this great topic. So we'll just start with a couple deep breaths. Just take an inhale through the nose and exhale out the mouth. Just take a couple more breaths just to get into our bodies. And may each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Cinnamon, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? Oh, wow. I guess at this age and the stage of life that I'm in right now, I would say my favorite thing about being a woman is being able to guide the women to become women. I guess that's the best way of putting it. The the younger generation that is sitting there waiting for someone to inspire them and waiting for someone to guide them into becoming the best person that they can be. At this age, it's definitely my favorite part. Oh, that's so cool. And I would love for you to just tell a little bit about, um, you know, what single mother sitting at home with a two-year-old, I mean, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? And and how did you know that it was going to work out? 
to be honest with you, I had absolutely no idea that it was going to work out. <laughs> okay, cool. So it took a little leap of faith. <laughs> I, I took a tremendous leap of faith. I was basically conditioned as, as a child by my mom and my dad for all of their best intentions to go into business, to go into something that was a safe bet into my adulthood. And when I basically told them that I wanted to be an artist, they were like, well, that's really cute, Cinnamon. I, I want you to do that as your hobby. Mm. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, well, I, I guess you're right. You're the adults that are inspiring me right now, and you're my parents, so I obviously you know what you're talking about. And as I grew older and I followed their advice and I, I took my, my, my art and I put it as a secondary need and I went into accounting, I went into bookkeeping and I did the business route, I did really well. I did phenomenally well, actually. And I reached a point in my career where I went, wow, I have a house, I have a car, I have a kid, I have money, I have a savings account. Oh my God, who has a savings account at this age? <laughs> I'm so unhappy. Mm. I hate this life. So I literally, literally woke up one day and went, nah, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I quit my six-figure job. I took my very small savings and I invested in some sets and some good lighting, better camera equipment. And I looked at my two-year-old daughter who did not understand a damn thing that I was saying and went, well, I hope you like salad, girl, because we might be eating it for a few years. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I opened the studio. And it worked. It worked. I, I poured my entire soul into it. And I, I gave it everything that I had. And, you know, for so many years, I had treated my photography as, as a hobby. And instead of condemning myself as, as treating my passion as a hobby, I kind of look back at that era and say to myself, okay, these are your training grounds. This is when you, you did your groundwork. This is when you learned your style. This is, you know, the time where you sculpted your, the definition of what you wanted. Yeah. And it worked out. Thank God. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. I would have, oh, I would have died. But we eat salad. We, we got hamburger every once in a while. Yeah. But you know, that first year was very tricky. Mm -hmm. It was a trial. But what I realized is that by remaining authentic to the, the mission that I had, I connected with the women that believed in what I thought. And that is very simply, we really as women need to embrace each other, especially when it comes to our bodies, how we see ourselves, and how we define our sexuality. Wow. So beyond your art, you really did have that mission um, from the beginning. Absolutely. From the beginning, I, I really understood there was this conflict. You know, women are told, embrace your sensuality embrace the skin you're in but as soon as they do and you embrace this sensuality or this sexuality what happens you're a whore you're a slut it somehow becomes this dirty thing and I always kind of stood up to that and going no 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 you're misunderstanding you want me to embrace this skin that I have you want me to embrace and become this beautiful sexual goddess but when I do 
I don't want you to look at me as if I'm dirty. And quite frankly, if I do get a little dirty with my sexuality, who the fuck are you to judge me for it? And so that's really what it comes down to is I wanted to create a space and, you know, at the studio, we've we've really created this space where people can come and they can be as naughty or nice or dirty or sweet. And it's OK, you know, and, and, and that's really the, the, the space where women are, are really drawn to it because they're just like, I've never been in an area where my st- my needs have been addressed. And it's just like, well. Well, of course we're going to address them. Of course we're going to embrace them. You are amazing. And whatever it is that you're into, who cares? Yeah, it's I, think, I think I remember that specifically. You're like, we do everything from PG to triple X, like whatever, any, any in between that you, you know, see is going to work for you. Absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all have a little bit of angel and we all have a little bit of devil in us. Mm-hmm. And and that's what keeps it spicy, and that's what keeps us women. We're we're not pigeonholed, you know. We're not this, you know, this this whole. You can't put us in boxes. Yeah. And when people walk through the front door, I never assume that the one woman to the next woman to the next woman that walks through the door is going to be the exact same person. Mm-hmm. I anticipate that they're coming in with all kinds of excitement, all kinds of ideas, but then also all kinds of ideological things as well. The things that, you know, the the magazines put on you, that society puts on you. And when you come here, we're just like, you know what, go ahead and leave all of that at the door. We're going to embrace you as you are. And then we're going to create something that is absolutely beautiful for you. And once you sit in a, in, a, in a space where you know that you are like, whoa, I am this beautiful flower. I am going to rise from this and I am going to embrace it. The photos come out amazing. And that's actually the easiest part. Well, I know that I had just as much fun doing the photo shoot as I think my husband did in looking at them and receiving them as a gift. <laughs> I mean, I remember leaving thinking like, that's one of the most fun things I've done in my life. <laughs> exactly. And I wonder, do, do most women have that experience where they just leave feeling amazing? <laughs> I'm not going to toot our own horn, but bait, bait, bitch, yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell a lot of people. I mean, some people knew, but I, I lived downtown in San Diego at the time when we had someone who sat at the front desk, and it was it was a girl at the time, and I was like, she goes, you just, oh, because I was all dolled up, you know, and she's like, you just, wow, where'd you come from? And I told her, and I was just gushing, like, she was the first person I saw after I did it. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, it was so cool, and the pictures, and it was so, and she's like, wow, that, I think I was like a walking <laughs> billboard at that moment. <laughs> I know, right, and I think that's pretty common, and I think that's one of the things, like, from from what I've heard back from clients mm-hmm. and or from kitties, as I like to say, yes. what I hear back from our kitties is that they they come in with all of these fears. Mm-hmm. Am I going to look pretty? Am I going to look sexy? Am I going to look fat? Am I going to look thin? Am I, is my butt big enough? Are my boobs small enough? Is my hips big enough? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you're 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 feeling, right? And then 
you know, we do the hair, we do the makeup, we do the posing, we talk to you, we figure out where it is that you're coming from. And then the photo shoot just organically happens. And that is, that's the experience. You know, this is two people coming together and, and reaching each other on the same plane. So that when you do leave, you're just like, holy shit. I am the bee's knees. I am the sexiest bitch on earth. What have I been waiting for my entire life to be telling me how fucking awesome I am? And then it carries. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't be successful unless you came back and saw the photos and felt the same way. Right. And that's the trick. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> the trick. Because if you were to like have that great experience and then come back and be like, oh, well, that's a train wreck. <laughs> but that's not what happens. Right. You know, and, and for us as the photographers, we really love seeing the reaction when they see the photos. Mm -hmm. You know, typically what ends up happening is everyone is just like, I just hope I got a couple I like. And then they see it and they're like, oh, this is going to, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I it's definitely not... had trouble picking which ones yeah. I was going to leave with. And uh, one of uh, my husband's favorites is uh, like all legs and ass in, in your <laughs> pinup kitchen. And I remember yeah, well... picking it. And one of your staff said, oh, honey, that's the money shot. Like that's the <laughs> one that you need to pick. And she said, sometimes women will shy away from it. Like, Oh, that's too much. And she's like, no, oh. that is just enough. Nope, that is just enough. That's exactly what he wants. <laughs> I know. Right. It's so easy. I mean, <laughs> the men in your life, when they love you, they, they love you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're really not as judgmental. And they're not as critical as you will ever be on yourself. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> it is so true. And we really, as women, we need to embrace each other. We need to lift each other up. And we need to let each other know that, okay, maybe you got on 10 pounds. Maybe you lost 10 pounds. Maybe you're feeling this or that. This man loves you. And he loves you for all of your flaws. He loves you for all of your humor and your love and your gentleness and your kindness and your leadership and your power. Mm. He he's just loves you. And for you to go out there and do something like this for him is just the cherry on top of the most divine fucking Sunday he's ever received. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, and I think if you stop. have a future in motivational speaking, if this thing doesn't uh, work uh, out, stop, you stop. Well, you know, it, it's <laughs> funny because, you know, I, I really understood this because of my own, you know, personal experience. My, my body has changed recently, as you know, yeah, and, you know, segueing from this very voluptuously breasted goddess to this you know, very flat chested goddess, mm -hmm. you know, it, it took a toll on my self-esteem yeah. and it's, it's, you know, kind of like basically, you know, rediscovering this new body that I had, but still trying to convey to the women that were coming in here about the power and about the sensuality that they have. But I was still going through this reconciliation of this new body that I had. Yeah. And yeah. it was funny because like, you know, you, you have this beautiful young body, you know, and then you have children for most people or not everyone, but for some people, you know, you have kids, your body changes. As you grow older, you get, you get thinner, you get fatter, you get heavier, you get thicker, you, you know, you, you evolve as, as a woman. 
And I've always been able to kind of, you know, ride this tide of in, out, sideways, upwards and downwards. But when I had the double mastectomy, it really, it took me, it took me on a journey of self-discovery that I didn't really know. I I, I, I guess I don't really know. Ugh. I, I'm rambling a little bit. I'm sorry. No, no. I think it was a perfect segue. And I'll just interrupt with a question so I could get some, just whatever you're willing to share or feel open to today. Let's just start with that course of treatment. I mean, that was a decision in and of itself, right? Oddly enough, when I was, okay, so when I was diagnosed with cancer, it was after I had oddly enough, been um, in treatment and rehabilitation for having a stroke. Oh, it was a rough time. So in, so what had happened was in December of 2015, mm -hmm. I had gone out to a Christmas party. And it was my husband's, you know, staff Christmas party. And we were at a piano bar. We were laughing. We were joking. I had gone up on stage and run a rendition of some Beatles song and led a chorus of 200 people in this bar, you know, singing whatever the song was. And I got off stage and I sat down and I didn't feel right. And I, I motioned to my husband and I was just like, I was like, Carlson, babe, I, I don't feel good. And, he, you know, it was a loud bar. He was like, what, what? And I, I kind of like, flapped my hands in front of my face in a panic. And he was like, okay, we motioned for me to go outside. When we went outside, he was smart enough to see or recognize what was happening. You know, my face was not responding. I was speaking in gibberish. He asked me to, you know, lift my hands. I couldn't do it. Smile. Half my face was paralyzed. And out of God's grace, <laughs> literally out of God's grace, a taxi showed up. Hmm. And he put me in the taxi. He rushed me to the closest emergency room, which happened to be San Diego's leading stroke center. I was there within like 15 minutes of the onset of my stroke. And I was in the ICU for three days. And I recovered completely from my stroke because of the care that I received, the medication and the technology. So this is how it turned into my cancer. Mm -hmm. So I had gone through rehab. I had done all that. And my, my primary care doctor was like, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and run all of your, your shit. Let's go ahead and do your pap. Let's go ahead and do your, you know, your, your mammograms. Let's go ahead and do all of the stuff that we should be doing because let's go ahead and figure it out. So we did all of those things. And when I did the mammogram, a couple of weeks later, I got a return call from radiology saying, hey, we saw something and, it, you know, further tests, biopsies, procedures later, they're like, you have cancer. And I was like, oh, okay. So I remember the, the, the radiologist preemptively was like, listen, I'm looking at these, these preliminary scans and I can pretty much tell you with certainty that you have cancer. But we're going to go ahead and do the, you know, diagnostic stuff and all of that to confirm it. Whew, that was a crazy week. Yeah, I bet. Girl. And so what had happened was I got a phone call from my doctor. And she was like, listen, 
do you want to come in or do you want me to just tell you? And I was like, no, you need to tell me, tell me right fucking now. I really just want to know. I have people here I'm sitting with, just tell me what's going on. And she said, I'm sorry to let you know, you did test positive for cancer. We're going to, you know, get you connected with the surgeons, blah, blah, blah. And it was like the entire world went silent Mm -hmm. and it was just overwhelming amounts of silence. And I was at work. And the only person here was one of the girls that I work with. Her name is Stacy. And she was shooting. She was at the studio. She was shooting. And I just, I don't know what I did. I, I, I was like, thank you for telling me. You know, I'll get in contact with the doctor. And okay, I'll, I'll sort it out. Thank you. Goodbye. And I, I shut the phone down. I did nothing. I sat at my desk. And I waited for our client to leave because it was inappropriate for me to be upset, you know. This is a moment where she was enjoying herself. I didn't want to, you know, and it was weird because I remember this week, my, my husband was up for a huge promotion at work and I didn't want to tell him that I had tested positive for cancer until he had done this interview. And so the only person that I had was Stacy. And it just, once the client left, once everything kind of happened, I I really just collapsed, really collapsed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was the one that kind of like, it was just five minutes. It wasn't like a huge drawn out thing. And I was, I told her what had happened and we had this moment and I cried and I sucked it up and I went home and I kept my mouth shut for like four days. Whoa. (laughs) Right? Oh my God. Right? How did you do that? Oh my God. My husband has asked me the same thing, you know? And then like part of him was like, I can't believe you didn't fucking tell me. And the other half was like, I totally understand that. That's so you, Mm. I mean, he had a big, he had big shit happening. It wasn't like I could be like, Hey, I might be dying. We don't know what's happening. Go for that promotion. You know, it, 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 it was only four days, Yeah, but it was a long four days. Did he get the promotion? No, God damn it. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, shit. <laughs> but oh. I mean, I didn't want to fuck up his cloud of going in there. Right. And so, you know, once the promotion was, you know, the interview was over, I was just like, hey, guess what? And then, you know, we sat down, we talked to our daughter, we talked to the family. And then it was a really easy decision. It was very, very early, very, very early. Mm-hmm. So what I always pledge to people is please, please. Please, please, please check your titties. Mm -hmm. Check the titties. (laughs) Go get that shit done. Don't wait until you're in your 50s or 60s. You know, get that shit done when you're in your mid-30s or your 40s. Because I was stage zero. Zero. You know? Yeah, and so that was just the easiest, most... Yeah, the easiest course of treatment, remove the breast. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll never have to worry about this again. Now, my my maternal grandmother had breast cancer, and she died from it. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she had her mastectomy, and I remember her course of treatments. I remember what this did to her. And I I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I liked my boobs. Oh, my God. My boobs were so freaking pretty. Oh, my God. They were like... (laughs) Beautiful set of tatas. Uh-huh. They were phenomenal. I loved them. 
Which is why you had a goodbye party for them. I think that's very I fitting. <laughs> I had a goodbye party for my tatas. Uh-huh. So I, I gathered up my friends. I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to go have a double mastectomy because my tits are killing me. Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to come and say goodbye to them. And so we did this ridiculous kiss my tits goodbye party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said in the intro, you know, I, I invited a few friends and you know, I thought, you know, maybe a few people will show up. It'll be cool. And then the news caught a hold of it. And then radio stations caught a hold of it. And they were like, you're hosting a goodbye party for your boobs? And I was like, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> so my friends that showed up and my, my coworkers, it was my family. And I had strangers show up for this. Yeah, like, yeah. they walked in, they were just like, I don't know you, but... I, I heard you were doing this and I think you're fucking awesome. And I was like, I think you're fucking awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, everyone took a turn with putting on lipstick and kissing my chest, my boobs or my rib cage. And I have this beautiful, beautiful print, which I'm going which to share I'm... the photo. You, you sent yeah, me that. It's so good. And actually I saw it going down on social media and I shared it with a friend that is a breast cancer survivor. I'm like, isn't this amazing? <laughs> well, it's funny because a lady had contacted me after all this shit went down. It was like months, months later. And uh, one of my clients was like, hey, a friend of mine is going through this. We, She's she's not as bold as you. She's not going to do a you know kiss my tits goodbye party. She goes, but we really want to do just like an au revoir boudoir photo shoot mm-hmm. to say goodbye to them. And, you know, we, we, we struck a very strong relationship, I think, after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we did the photo shoot, did the hair, did the makeup, did the photo shoot. And, you know, we documented the tatas as they were. But after all was said and done, you know, I made sure that, you know, she got into connection with people that could, you know, after you have a double mastectomy, it, it really takes a lot out of you. You know, there's a lot of downtime. And one of the things that, I always felt very, very blessed about was the fact that I had so many friends and I had so many members of my family that were willing to help me through it. It was something as simple as like, can you help me take a shower? Can you make me dinner? Can you make sure my dog had a walk today? All of these things. And, you know, I made sure that when, you know, she went through that, that, you know, I connected her to the same kind of thing. And it was, it was a really positive experience. And I felt it was a real give back on my side. One of the things that I'd really like to expand is the awareness of, you know, what we really need when this, when this thing happens to you, you know, there's, there's nothing more important than that other woman to take five minutes out of her day just to say hello, but not talk to you in a whisper. Cause when they talk to you in a whisper, you're like, I'm not that sick. I'm still here. I'm not dead. (laughs) (laughs) So be real with you. Show up and be real. Yeah. Be real, be present, laugh with me, you know, and it, it, when we all come together as women, we are an unstoppable force and it doesn't matter whether we're at our strongest point or at our weakest point. We, we have lessons to teach and we have lessons to learn. And you just need to be aware at this time that this is just another phase of, of life. This is just another part of your human condition. And it's amazing. It's amazing to be human. It's amazing to go through these things. 
even when things tragically happen to you. Trust me, the worst thing that has ever happened to me was not getting breast cancer. You know, there's been there's been worse lessons in life than having to go through this. But I tell you what, you know, one of the things that you learn when when once you've reconciled your, you know, your scars and the numbness and all of these things, you know, you, you just kind of look at your your own body in a new way. I have never in my entire life looked at myself as if I was, you know, substandard or ugly or fat or even if, you know, by societal standards I was. But when I had these huge purple scars across my chest and I didn't have any boobs, I was really, really insecure. And I would say probably the most sensitive um, things that I needed <sighs> during that time was after the, the drains had been taken out of my chest. You know, I was I was sitting there and I was very excited because it had been it had been a couple of weeks. I had these tubes in my chest. I had this compression vest on, and it was just like a lot of fluids and blood and grossness. So I was very excited to get all of these tubes taken out of my body. And it was probably one of the most intimate moments that I've ever had with my husband. And I was I was so excited to get the compression thing off and the tubes out. And I, I got back from the doctors and I was like, oh, I can take a shower because you're not allowed to take a shower. Yeah. I was so happy to take a shower. In my bathroom, I have huge floor-to-ceiling mirrors. Of course you do. And of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> so I was like, yay, I can take off all my clothes. And I'm standing in front of this huge fucking mirror and I rip off the vest and I take off my clothes and I'm so excited to take a shower and I and I saw myself for the first time and I was speechless and you know you know Carlton was in the background he's just like talking about nothing blah 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 maybe on Tuesday we can go to little Italy or you know he was just talking you know just nonsense and he had no idea I was sitting there staring at the mirror breathless trying not to cry and I I went into the bathroom went into the shower and I was I was in the shower I, again I was just so grateful to take a shower it'd been a week since I'd taken a shower yeah but that was amazing <laughs> girl you do not even know and you know I was I was really trying to muffle my sound so I didn't want him to know how upset I was and he he comes in the bathroom. He's like he's like, baby, are you crying? And I was like, no, no, not crying, no, <laughs> no, not crying at all. Which sounded completely unnatural, right? Before. Yeah. And he he got in the shower with me, mm. and he got behind me, and he gave me a really really big hug, and it was. It was so perfect. Yeah. It was. It was exactly what I needed at that time. And it was it was probably one of the most purest experiences that I've had in my my marriage. And it was it was a good he did so good. Oh my god. 
times that I like yell at my husband and I tell him what a fuck up he is because I'm a powerful woman and blah, blah, blah. We all fucking do it. Mm-hmm. But that was probably the most perfect experience that he could have given me in our marriage. And, you know, anyway. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing so openly. That's really beautiful. Like, I can just imagine how loved you felt in that moment. It was. It was. And there's, you know, and then, of course, he's had to deal with me since I've gotten better and mouthy again. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been really you know and and kind of tying it back into you know like going through all of those things and then bringing it back into what I do here at work when I'm trying to make people feel sexy and beautiful Mm -hmm. and in in the I, I guess it's really comforting for me to know that everything that I have reached along the way about embracing yourself, embracing the skin that you're in and empowering yourself. I was actually able to do through this Frankenstein transformation of my own body. In the beginning, I was was walking the walk girl and I, I cried, hobbled, crawled, stood on crutches and made my way back up the fucking hill. But God damn it, I'm still here. And so is everyone else. And we we have so much to offer each other. And I, I think that, you know, this experience has definitely enriched me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not have the 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 kind of cancer story that was, you know, I was not on chemo. I did not lose my hair. I didn't have to go through the extraordinary circumstances that a lot of women that face this disease had to go through. So I feel very lucky and and very blessed that I didn't have to do that. But at the same time, the end result is the same. You know, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still sanding. And I'm still trying to preach to other women that regardless of the shell, Honestly, the most beautiful thing that you can do is express yourself, embrace your sensuality, no matter what you look like. And it's going to be okay. Now, just um, out of curiosity, because I know it's uh, whether or not you have reconstructive surgery, that's another decision that has to be made. It does. And it's been exactly a year since I had my, actually we're in March right now. So Mm -hmm. in April is when I, you know, had my, my, yeah, the surgery. I'm not going to opt for it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and keep my very flat chested scarred chest. (laughs) (laughs) And it's mostly because it's, it's my decision. Yeah. You know, and, and if you have gone through this process and if you decided to go with reconstruction, cool. You know, I definitely put it on the table as an option, but for me, I just don't want to. And I know that I'm on like the weirder side of that decision or I'm on the minority side, I guess is better. Yeah, I like that way of describing it <laughs> because it feels right for you. So then yeah, it's, it's not just, weird. Yeah. No, it definitely feels right for me. 
And, you know, the, the biggest thing, honestly, is trying to find the clothes that are going to fit me right. A-lines are my bottom bitch right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> An A-line cut is my girlfriend for life. <laughs> so, you know, it's just about finding things that work. And then, you know, there are days that I wake up and it's, I'm like, okay, you aren't the way you were, but you're going the direction that you should be. And then there are other days that I wake up like, you're a hideous monster. Ah. But then I usually get my period and I feel fine again. So I'm <laughs> like, whatever, I'm a fucking woman. I'm going to be ebb and flow. I'm going to be crazy about it. Uh -huh. But at the end of the day, I still love me. And that's all you can do. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> So really, I mean, I was going to ask, and I guess I still will, um, that, you know, what have you learned about body love and all of this? But it almost sounds like everything that you ever knew and that you preached and tried to practice, you just got like the biggest opportunity to put it all into practice. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, all of the, it was as if the universe was kind of telling me, okay, so you've been preaching this for the last 19 years mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. women and they're listening and you're making an impact on them and boom, life's going to happen. Bam. How do you like me now? And you know, you, you come through it and I'm not going to say that I was able to come to all of these, these things by myself. You know, if, if, if it weren't for the, 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 my, if it weren't for my family, my daughter, my friends, um, you know, walking me through, holding my hand, giving me tea, listening to me cry. There are moments where I would stand up and I'm like, I'm so fucking hideous. I fucking hate the way this looks. I hate the way my body looks. And it's not something that I had ever experienced in my life. I always just kind of liked me. You know, my mom told me when I was fucking 10 years old that I was awesome. And I chose to believe her, you know, and you know, she, my mom wasn't there, of course, you know, when when I went through this, but I had my family and I had my friends and you know, I had my daughter and I had my husband and these are very, you know, I was lucky. I was lucky that I had as many people to love me enough through a time when I didn't love myself. And they were inspiring and they, they held me up because that's what you're supposed to do. When you see the people around you that are faltering and they're struggling and they're going through something in their life, it's your job as someone on the outside or in the inner circle that loves that person to see them and go, Hey, fall because I promise I'll catch you. And I had that. And I feel very, very lucky that I had that in my life. Yeah. And I know yeah. that a lot of people don't. I'm so glad that you were uplifted and it's because you created that community. I mean, you, you created that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Because, you know, I, the, it's always been my mission, really, honestly, it's always been my position and my, my kind of life goal. I, I was told a long time ago by this 
kooky psychic in a sidewalk fucking alley. I'm not even lying. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best kind. (laughs) They're the best kind. And, you know, this, this woman told me that my entire mission in life was to help people by understanding them and leading them on a path, not guiding them, not giving them their, their life plan, but guiding them across it. And, I've tried as best that I can to kind of fulfill that. And I, I've kind of understood throughout my entire life that this is what my, this is my, what do they call it? A destiny? Or your Dharma. Yeah. Dharma. I love Dharma. I like that word. That's a great word. You know, this is pretty much what I've been put on this planet for is when I see somebody that, that needs that guidance or that they, they need that motivation or they, they need this moment in their life where someone says, you're fucking awesome. I believe in what you're doing. You go girl. <laughs> you know, that's kind of me. Oh, it's so cool. And, and that just strikes me in the very best of ways. It's just such a reminder that we just don't know where our cheerleaders and where our spiritual teachers <laughs> are going to be because you're behind the camera in you know this bad kitty photography studio right? and i don't know that people necessarily know they're going to get a spiritual you know connection or some guidance when they walk through those <laughs> doors <laughs> right i'm just some crazy old broad taking pictures of fucking naked people and you're going <laughs> on a journey with me and i'm going on a journey with you and we're both walking away going what the fuck just happened oh my god yeah it's what- Ah, gosh, I love it. And yeah, you just never know when you're going to get in a a back alley psychic to tell you your life path. (laughs) I know. It's great. Life is wild like that. (laughs) We need more back alley psychics in our life. Yeah, certainly. (laughs) Oh, well, gosh, this has been so wonderful. I I just wonder if there's anything else that you wanted to say or anything else that feels important. You know what? I, I think we pretty much covered everything. I, you know, I, I just I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me and, and kind of putting my story out there. Even if people aren't necessarily going through the same kind of things that I did or if they know somebody, but it, mostly just just walk away with the idea. It's like when you wake up tomorrow morning, right? You know, we're going to, we're going to listen to this. We're going to go to sleep. We're going to wake up the next day. I just want you to wake up and just breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out and just accept it. This is your life. This is what you're doing. If you like the way it's going, continue the path. If you don't like the way it's going, change it. If you are struggling Reach out to the women around you that are going to support you. You know, and and I think that's, we live in an era where we as women really need to uplift each other. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. very important to me. And it it might sound so weird coming from someone that just, quote unquote, takes naked pictures of women. But we uplift each other when we're here. And we, we hold each other very, very closely. And we understand each other. And I guess that's basically it. Just love each other, people. Just love each other. That sounds good to me. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I, I have a couple questions just for fun. Uh, what's okay, one... I like my questions. <laughs> what's one book that changed your life? Oh, this is easy. Okay. The book, my favorite book is The Kin of a Ta Are Waiting for You. 
Okay, so this shit was written in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I read it, I think it had to be like 1984 or 1985. Okay, and we're going to share real quick. I was on acid when I read this book because my favorite thing to do when I was 15 was drop acid, but don't tell anybody. You were 15? <laughs> I know. I was a rebel. I was a rebel. So I read this crazy fucked up book, right? Mm -hmm. And then I forgot about this book forever. I mean, it always influenced me. It always had me in the back of my brain. And I found a reprint of it in like 2014. And I reread it with my adult brain, non-drugged adult brain. (laughs) And it was just as amazing. Favorite book. Love it. And second the alchemist because that's life-changing oh my gosh i just gifted that book to my 17 year old brother (laughs) girl you did good because that book is amazing yeah it's a good one (laughs) do you have a favorite quote it was by maya angelo okay a wise woman wishes to be no one's enemy a wise woman refuses to be anyone's victim Right. I have so much to draw from, but I love that. Awesome. And then who inspires you? Oh, wow. You know what? I come from a very long line of very, very alpha females in my life. You don't say. I don't say. (laughs) So my my grandmother, her name is Louise Conley. Mm -hmm. She, uh, (laughs) you know, back in the day, back in the day, you know, women weren't allowed to own their own businesses. But my grandmother did. She owned her own clothing store. She ran her own fashion line. And she pretty much stuck her middle finger up to the male patriarchy and was like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if you don't like it, well, fuck you. So that was the grandma. And then there's my mom, who, of course, learned from my grandmother. And she is probably, she was probably one of the most powerful people that I've ever known in my life for good for bad her power permeated the entire family and she 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 really taught me everything that I needed to do and be as a woman even though she was a little backward even though she was a little bit 50s you know because you know things were different back then Mm -hmm. And my sister, I have an older sister. She's five years older than me. And my sister probably formed the, the most uh, generous of my, my idealism because it, my sister had a rough time. And she came through it, and she did it with grace, and she did it with perseverance. And she showed me that no matter how low you can get in your life, you can rise, you can conquer, and you can shine. So having her as a, a big sister was a tremendous, tremendous inspiration. Wow. Well, thank you to all the women that came before you because, wow, very, very cool. It's like I couldn't fuck it up and be a slag after that. <laughs> I could be like, oh, my family comes from this line of powerful women. Let me just fuck off here in the corner like a pile of sledge. I had to do something, damn it. 
Yeah, and I think talking about future generations, I think it's so rad that you work with your daughter that she she's a photographer at the studio now, right? She is. She has been working here since I believe it was 2013 when she first became eligible by age. Uh-huh. And she grew up here her entire life. Right. And she is the next generation of, of the probably – well, I like to say this, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging too much because she had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. However, she is my most beautiful creation. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have created anything more perfect than her in my life. Wow. I'm so proud of her. She's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, gosh. And so cool that you inspire her through your business and just, I mean, that she grew up around that is so incredible. And and I know that you see that as your mission for the future generation, but you got one right there. Yeah. (laughs) She got all the best of the stuff from you. Oh God, I hope so. (laughs) Well, Cinnamon, thank you so much. That was really awesome and raw and wonderfully beautiful. And I can't wait to share it with the world. So um, thanks for your time and for your story. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on for an hour or so. It was awesome. I loved it. (laughs) All right, my love. You have a good one. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.